We're just going to worship the Lord. Won't we stand together this morning and just go ahead and thank Him for all that He's done already. He's been so good. Oh, we just love you this morning, Jesus. We magnify you this house. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings, all that you do, all that you are. God, we love you today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house once again. Oh, we just thank you for the souls that have been touched this week, the lives that have been changed. We're thankful that you're still pouring your spirit out on all flesh. Lord, we love you. We believe in you. We trust you today. Praise God. Give him a hand and a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a great God we serve. Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. I'm, um, we have a kind of off week with our uh, the discipleship uh, class, the material. And so this, this week comes fresh off the press. So actually uh, last week during our last lesson of discipleship class read exactly from these passages of scripture and I thought that I would preach this yes last week during the 12 o'clock service but uh, the Lord changed all that around and I'm thankful he did I felt like it was a blessing that he did but uh, today I feel like we we will get something out of this um, that will help us brother Swalls praise the Lord man it's good to see you didn't know you were in town. We sure are glad you're here. Man, that's wonderful. Praise God. What a good surprise. So I think this will help us. Um, I saw something in this reading back a couple of weeks ago, and um, just, uh, man, the Lord really punched that scripture into my brain and said, you need to hold on to that. Uh, it's going to help you and help some others. So uh, I'll read right here, Matthew 26, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn. And can I say this? Uh, I know it's kind of become old-fashioned because you have Bibles and everything now and we have the screens and stuff, but um, it'd be good if we just got back in the habit of bringing a Bible to church. Oh, it's God's Word. I just carry it. Now, if it's on your phone, and thing, I have no problems with that, but I, I still like this, this one, and I'm thankful. Uh, I, I just don't know how to use that uh, technology stuff real good so uh, this is as good as I need it in the in paper so <laughs> but um, well maybe we'll do like they used to do have a have a contest where if you bring your Bible so many weeks in a row give you a Chick-fil-A gift card or something I don't know <clears throat> you know and inspire people to start bringing their Bibles but uh, Matthew 26 verses 38 through 42 the Lord is going into the garden to pray the night that he is uh, arrested and taken. It says, He said unto his disciples, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, sis, when I finish reading my scriptures, don't put the title up yet. I want to hold that for a moment. 
In verse 42, he says that Jesus went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Jesus, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for what faith it instills in us, for the answers that it gives. Lord, for helping us to understand and know your ways. Today, let this word find good ground in our heart so we can be better, so we can bring forth much fruit, and we can be ready to meet you when you come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise for his word. Hallelujah. God, we praise you in this house today. All right, we're going to... I'm going to get to the title in a moment, but I just wanted to, I didn't want you to run away with it and not listen to the, uh, to us getting to it. I think it'll help us. In the verses before this, the Lord says of him that he was very sorrowful, very heavy. And it's reading in this, any of the passages of Jesus praying in the garden, you realize that Uh, What Isaiah wrote about him was true, that he was definitely a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He knew uh, what it was like to suffer more than any other man. Uh, We'll never be able to say, well, he was God manifest in the flesh and he just don't get it because he was God, but he was manifest in the flesh. And so he was tempted in all points as we are. And he... uh, The scripture says that we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Uh, He knows better than anyone what it's like to be despised and rejected. (laughs) He knows what it's like to come into his own and they receive him not. And and, uh, he knows what it's like to be lied on, laughed at, scoffed, talked about, not believed in, uh, arrested, beat, and killed. So he's... He knows what it's like, this sorrow. And we find him at this time, whatever Jesus saw and discerned about this cup that he was looking into, the suffering, the sin, the shame, the the separation that he would feel as he took on the sin of the world, it caused him to pray and to seek for another way if it were possible. He's no different than what you and I are. When we know that things are coming our way, we want another way out. We start believing that scripture real good that uh, with every temptation, he will make a way of escape. Man, we're looking for the hatch. We want out. And we pray, verse 39, at least in part, let this pass. And let that be your will is usually the way. And we will say, well, oh, I want your will, God. I want your will. And, and we're talking about for a job and for spouse and for passing my class and, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, we, we want his will when we pray about the food we eat, that it don't kill us and it, it'll become healthy. We want, we want his will in things that are really partly under our control. But when things get out of our control, we will still say the words, but... What we want is for his will, let this pass. Let this pass from me. And we don't want to put the if. 
in there. We just want to say, and let that be your will. Lord, you do this. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to do things. There's nothing wrong with praying. Jesus was looking for another way. He, his flesh was uh, in torment. He was suffering, and he saw things, and, and he knew things that were coming that we cannot even imagine. And he's like, okay, uh, if it be possible. But see, we don't even want that in there because, we, oh, God, all things are possible with you. And so just take this. But it's not his will for us to not fulfill our purpose. God, you do it. We trust you. Well, if we trust him, then we must trust him with us. Uh, If I trust him, then I have to trust him with myself. Look at 1 Peter 4, 19. He wrote something real good. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. If I trust him, then I must trust him with me, not just my job situation. I must trust him with me, not just my financial situation. I must trust him with me. What is he going to do with me? What is he going to do with me? Because I already know, well, I'm suffering, I want suffering to go away. I don't want to suffer, you know, but all things work together for them who love God. And so I have to remember that if I trust him, I must trust him with me. We commit the keeping of our soul unto God. You remember Job saying, though he slay me. He wouldn't even talk about his stuff. He said, stuff's gone. That's not what makes me up. Me and God have a relationship. It's not about the stuff that makes our relationship. It's me and him. And though he slay me, though the Savior, the lover of my soul, my friend, my God, my help, the one I pray to, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him. He even said after he couldn't figure out which way God was going and what he was doing when he couldn't perceive him, he said, but I do know this, that he knows the way that I take. If I have confidence in the Savior, then I must have confidence in the outcome that he has purposed for my soul. Because I have committed not just all my goods and services to be watched out over him. You know, we pray when we leave, Lord, keep our house safe while we're on vacation and God, keep my vehicle running well. And I'm not just talking about our stuff. I'm talking about me. Do I trust him with me? Have I committed the keeping of my soul that will live forever unto him? And so if I have given it to him, don't I know that when he orders my steps in his word, that it will be walking on the path that he has designed. And if it's walking on the path that he has designed, then I will feel the purpose that he has designed. And that's what I want to do. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know how he's going to say that? When I keep walking in the ways that he has laid out for me. He didn't say I couldn't ask him where we're going. He didn't say I couldn't ask him why, but I've got to keep walking on the path that he has given me. And so 
You have to understand, it's not just about suffering. Well, God just wants me to be miserable. He just wants me to suffer. It's not just about suffering. It's about your purpose. It's about that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's because I have decided to believe the word that I am the clay and he is the potter in whichever way he wants to mash and and mold and shape and form, I'm going to let him do it. And if he has to peel a little bit of it off to make it what it's supposed to be, God, peel it off. If he has to mash it back down and start over, God, start over, but let me be the vessel that you have called me to be. Jesus was not just any man. He was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world to take away my sin and your sin and the sins of this world. Jesus even said of himself at the very end, to this end was I born. It wasn't just about him suffering. It was about his purpose. And just like you and I, many times we've known that this is what God wanted, but we have said no. We have bypassed God's will for our life because we just could not take it. We were not going to endure that. But the scripture indicts me, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was not forced into what he did. Jesus was not held to the fire, pushed and chained and drugged to Calvary. Oh, no, he could have said no, just like you and I. When Peter, I said this last week, I know that, but when Peter saw that they came to take him, he drew his sword and he smote off the ear of the high priest's servant. And and Jesus tells him in verse 52, put up your sword into his place for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. So he was trying to tell Peter then, purpose, Peter, there's purpose. You're going to abort your purpose if you don't stop fighting everything. But then he says, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? If I don't do this, how will you be saved? If I don't do this, how will this world be saved? How can the scripture be fulfilled? And let me tell you, scripture is forever settled in heaven. And he's saying that it could be and go unfulfilled. It could stay there. It could state the purpose and be completely unfulfilled if I do not do this. Nobody else, not even with a man that seems to have the keys to the kingdom. He didn't just seem to have me had them. Nobody else gets to decide your purpose. God called you and God will lead you and guide you. Don't let somebody else because they won't, don't want to see you suffer, abort what God is trying to do in your life. We want it to pass simply by him removing it. But Jesus 
spoke a revelation to us in verse 42 when he prayed the second time. He said, Oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And that's the title of this message today. Except I drink it. Jesus was saying that this cup will not pass if I don't drink it. We want God to take it. We want God to remove it. But there are some things that are not just about our suffering. It is about our purpose. And Jesus knew that there is no other lamb, that there is no other Savior. There is not going to be another virgin birth. There is not going to be another angel announcing that this is Jesus that shall save his people from their sins. He knew that he was the lamb and the only way that this was going to happen, the only way this could pass was for him to drink that cup. And can I tell you this today, that many people are aborting their purpose because they will not take the cup that has been placed in their life. And they're begging God to move it and they're wondering why things are not changing. And I'm going to tell you this right now, you're going to have to get it just like Jesus did. Some things will never change except you drink it. Because God has a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. And there's some things that are going to go undone if we don't do it. Look at everything that was provided because Jesus did what he was supposed to do. His purpose was fulfilled. And you know what his last words were? It is finished. Wasn't nothing undone. Wasn't nobody else going to have to come and sweep up. Wasn't nobody going to come up tying no loose ends. It is finished. He would never have to drink that cup again. He drank it, and now we are able to be set free from sin. He drank it, and he won the victory for us. It was awful. Yes, sir, it was terrible. It was a bitter cup, but he did it because he knew that except I drink it, it won't ever pass. And I'm telling you, I want you to help. It'll help you through the rest of your days walking with him that you'll realize that, hey, it ain't just about me suffering. This is about my purpose. Sometimes we pray prayers and we think in our head, this is how God will answer. And then we find ourselves in the middle of a storm. And you know what? We're going, what in the world is going on? God's trying to answer that prayer. You can, I, why did he have to suffer? Why did they have to do what they did to him? Because that was the way it was designed. I can't question God. God knows what he's doing. There had to be bloodshed. There had to be a spotless lamb. There had to be somebody there to, to pay the price. And it was Jesus of Nazareth. And thank God that he's given us the victory through that sacrifice. And living. sometimes you don't understand, God, why am I going through this? Because a prayer you might have prayed 10 years ago is about to come to pass. And God is working all things for your good because you love him. And the only way that prayer is going to be answered is you're going to have to drink that cup. 
When you ever pray, God, save my family no matter what, you better hang on because the no matter what's going to show up. God, send revival no matter the price. Well, hang on because you're going to have to pay the price. And whenever it feels hard and it feels tough, don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't throw that cup down. You keep hanging on. You keep praying. You keep believing because it ain't just about you suffering and it ain't the end. One day you'll say, it's finished. But you got to drink that cup because it's not going to pass except you drink it. In Hebrews chapter 5, We learn a little bit more about this incident in the garden and about Jesus. In Hebrews 5 and 7, it says, talking of the Lord, it had been talking about he was a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then it says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying, and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. He said, Jesus was afraid. His flesh was afraid. No different than you and I, full of the Holy Ghost. Your flesh don't ever get afraid. But in what time I'm afraid, I will trust in him. And he was afraid of the pain and the suffering. I think probably he was more afraid of what he would feel like when that sin came upon him, the separation he would feel from God. And, and it says he was heard and that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Being a child of God does not exempt us from suffering. Oh, well, why would I want to serve God? Because the next verse says, and be made perfect. And another thing is if you're learning obedience, obedience is better than sacrifice. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. You know how he got to be the author? Because he drank the cup. You know why he's the captain of your salvation? Because he drank the cup. You know why he learned that obedience and became perfect? Because he drank that cup. God is not tearing you down in your suffering, but he is building you up. God is setting you up for greater things. God is setting you up for greater purpose. God is about to work a miracle through the things that you're going through. There was no way that you and I could know. Of course, Jesus knows everything. He's God in the flesh. He sees it all. There's no way you and I could know the, uh, or Peter or any of those disciples could have any idea of the far-reaching effects of what Jesus was going through at that moment. They had no idea of the millions of people that would be converted and saved because of what Jesus was doing. They had no idea. They, because they, they, the Lord could come, well, he, he could come back at any time. And so they, they just always looking for the coming of the Lord. They, they might have thought he's going to come the day after Pentecost. We don't know. They had no idea that long after they died, somebody would still be preaching. And the reason they're still preaching is not just because Peter stood up and preached, but it's because Jesus drank the cup. Because he knew that it won't pass unless I drink it. There was nobody else. It could not pass if humanity was going to be saved. And you and I need to realize that whatever we're facing right now, 
whatever we're going through. And we've got people in this church that are going through it. And I know, I'm sure that them, along with their family members, have said, why must it be this way? Why does it have to be like this on the days that they're weak and tired from treatments and medicines and and don't feel good? Why does it have to be like this? But one day when you see uh, that answer come, you're going to realize it was worth it. It was an awful cup to drink, but it was worth it. And the only way it was going to pass is they had to drink it. So I will remind you, it's not just suffering. It's purpose. Because the things that we look at, the suffering, the things that we see with our eyes, the scripture says they are temporal. They're temporary. This too shall pass. It's it's going to go away. But the things that we cannot see, those things are eternal. What you're going through and suffering right now has eternal ramifications. It's going to matter. Somebody's going to be saved by what you went through. Somebody's going to be changed by what you went through. Somebody's going to be made different. Somebody's going to be inspired. Somebody's going to hang on because of what you have gone through. It's just like, you know, you used to have, give your kids medicine or you remember taking medicine when you was a kid? There were some that wasn't so bad, but then there were some that, that, some of us older, you remember Korean emulsions for children? It was awful. And they put it in that little, it's just a little cup too. And as soon as you get it right here, your mouth is already watering. You, I see kids just ain't even got it to the gagging already. I'm not just trying to make you cry. I'm not just trying to make you scream and pitch a fit. I'm not just trying to make you be upset and, and get all hot and, and fall out on the floor. I'm not just trying to tear your world up. This sickness is not going to go away except you drink it. You see what I'm saying? It's, a, it's the same principle. And finally, we get it in. And you, have to, you, you know you're going to give them another cup because the first one's coming right back out. And so here we go again. If you can't keep it in, so you you got a chaser, you got something, you just like drink this, and you're trying to make sure that you get it down. And then they wake up the next morning, they feel like playing, they feel good, and see that medicine work, didn't it? You couldn't stand it. It was hard. It was awful. But finally you learn, you know what, I still don't like to drink stuff, but I'll tell you what, uh, NyQuil works. But now they make liquid gel caps, and so you don't have to taste it. I don't think it works as good. I think you need to make the face if you're going to get better. I think you should have to suffer like everybody else. Now, what you're going to get from people is this. I get you, preacher. Jesus had to drink his cup, but that's Jesus. That's the water walker. Turning water into wine. Raising the dead, opening blind eyes. That's Jesus, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. That's Jesus, born of a virgin. That's Jesus. That's not just anybody. That's Jesus. So that's how he could do it. And I've thought the same things. How, God, how, how can we do this? 
And so I'm going to give you a little hope here today. Because when I was looking at this, thinking, Lord, if it'll only pass except we drink it, how can we endure that? How can we endure that? So can we, can we do it? And the Lord reminded me, why don't you flip the page back a couple of pages and see what I said to a couple of my disciples. In Matthew 20, there are two sons, the sons of Zebedee, and the mother comes with them and says, put my boy on one side and one on the other. They're having this conversation. Jesus says, you don't know what you ask, in verse 22. And then he asked them a question, are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink? Are you able to do it? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And they said unto him, we are able. Now, if it stopped right there, we might could say, well, y'all thinking pretty big of yourself. Y'all just want to get on each side of the throne. But then Jesus says this, you shall indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They said we're able, and he said you better believe you are. He said, are you able to drink of my cup? He didn't say somebody else's cup. Are you able to drink the cup of suffering? Are you able to drink that cup of shame? Are you able to drink that cup of trials and tests? Are you able to do that? Because no man or woman has ever seen the suffering that Jesus endured, and he was able. And with the cup that is before you today, full of suffering, full of trials, and full of tests, you, me, we are able. There is never a reason for a child of God to throw the towel in and quit because you can make it all the way through. You can make it out. You can make it. You can do it. You are able to drink the same cup. It's not the cup that's going to save the world, but it's the cup of suffering. It's that cup that, that, that when you're sick with cancer and you're looking in and you're going, what's my family going to do? What am I going to do? It's that, 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 that cup that you look into when people are talking about you and running you down and, and mocking you because you won't live for God instead of live for this world. It's, it's that cup. It's that cup that, that you, you just lost your job and how are you going to make your house payment? How am I going to feed my kids? It's, it's that cup you look into when your kids are sick or, or you lose a loved one. It's that cup. And you think, how am I going to make it? But somehow you're still here. You want to know why? Because God said you are able. You shall indeed drink it. And if you drink it, it's going to pass. You're going to make it through. But as long as you're staring at it, doing nothing with it, it's going to be there looking right back at you. But as soon as you make up your mind, I'm going to put my hand on the plow and I ain't looking back. I'm going to take that cup. I'm going to drink it because Jesus said, you shall indeed drink it. I'm glad to know today that I'm not going to face anything I can't get through. Be careful. Be careful. It's coming whether you say it or not. Things happen. Things come your way. Trouble comes our way. It happens to to each and every one of us. Time and chance happens to us all. 
And so it, it, it's coming. But, but what you need to know is that we ain't like everybody else because we have been baptized with the baptism that he was baptized with. When he come out of that water and that dove descended on him and they heard that voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, let me tell you, every one of us either came out of the water or came out of the altar speaking in other tongues filled with the Holy Ghost. You might not have seen it, but there was, it's just like a dove flying down on top of you. It was the Spirit of God filling you up. And now that you've got that, you've received power. And now that you've got power, you can and you are able to drink that cup. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. We're able to do it. Brother Paul, I can't imagine. And if Brother Josh was here, I'd tell him, I can't imagine. I've had that conversation with uh, different ones. I don't know what that is like. But you've got to believe me. Sister Sabrina, Brother Paul, Sister Odette, y'all have got to believe what this preacher is telling you because it's in this book. That the Lord said you will drink this cup and you will be baptized with this spirit and you drink this cup. It's going to pass. And it ain't just, Brother Paul, so you can suffer, but there is purpose in what's going on in your life. Something is happening. When you read about the Apostle Paul, what a great man of God he was. But when he was blinded and trying to figure out what's going on, the Lord sent a man by the name of Ananias. And and in chapter 9, 15 and 16, he told him, he said, I need you to go and see this man, Saul of Tarsus. And and he's praying and, and I want you to pray for him and lay your hands on him. But I've got to show him what great things he must suffer. Oh, you just want to torment him because he tormented your church? No. It's going to fulfill purpose. Every shipwreck had a reason. He was shipwrecked and swam to shore on the broken pieces, and he went and prayed for the king, and the king was healed. He got beat and slapped and kicked and punched and locked up in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. But at midnight, he sang and prayed along with Silas and the doors flew open and a jailer and his whole family were baptized and saved that night. It wasn't just about him suffering, but Paul made up his mind, I'm going to drink the cup. And if I have to be beat and left for dead, if I have to be shipwrecked, if I have to be uh, disavowed of all my kinfolk, that'll be all right. Because it's going to work for a greater good. And somebody's going to be saved. It ain't just about what I'm going through, but it's for somebody else. Jesus died for the world. And what you're going through ain't just about you. It's about somebody else. Somebody that's in your life. Somebody you work with. Somebody that you're going to reach. What you're going through is going to help you make a difference in their life. Whatever you're facing, it ain't just for you. Whatever you're going through, yeah, it's going to, I know Jesus, he, he learned obedience. He was made perfect and he got his reward. You'll get yours. You're going to hear him say, well done. Enter into the joy. You're going, you're going to be able to say it is finished. But somebody else is praying for an answer and you're the answer. Somebody is trying to hold on and they're going to hold on because they see you holding on. They're going to hear you in the middle of, you know what? They're going to hear you just, just like those people heard Jesus hanging on that cross, the flesh hanging off his body, the life running out of his body, his blood pouring down the cross. And he says, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. 
That's why that soldier looked up and said, truly, this was the son of God. I never seen nobody beat to death like this and still say, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. He never cursed. He never rebuked them. He just, he was, he was taking care of them even from there. Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He was making sure people were taken care of. He, they were gambling for his garments right up under his feet. He didn't, he didn't complain about it. He just hung there until finally when he knew it was time. It is finished. And the world as we know it today was changed forever because now there was a way for sin to be removed from our life. Not rolled back year after year, but just as quick as bowing down and calling on his name and asking him to forgive us, we could be forgiven. No more burnt offerings and sacrificing animals because the lamb that could take it all away was already done. He said, it is finished. It's about a purpose that we have. In 1 Peter 4 and 12, Beloved, think it not strange. The fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. His suffering, he saw it in that cup. And he told us, he said, you shall indeed drink that cup. You are able. You answered right. You are able. You're not just anybody. You're my church. You're my sons. You're my daughters. You're my people. You're filled with my spirit. And you can do it. And nothing shall be impossible. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. So I can drink that cup. And so Peter reminded us in his rejoice Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You got to remember, it's not just about suffering, it's about purpose. In 1 Peter 4, the first chapter in verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and it fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. There's something eternal waiting on God's people who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness. You're suffering through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom and have not seen your love, and whom though you see him not, you believe yet, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. It's not just about you suffering. It's about salvation. Remember, you're going to be saved. Somebody's going to be saved. Somebody's going to be better. Somebody's going to make it. It's about your purpose. Jesus in Hebrews 12 and 2, it said of him that for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look unto him. Get the same mind he had. Look unto Jesus, the author. Remember how he became the author? Remember what it said about him being the author? Through his suffering. He got there through it. You're going to get there through it. He did it. You can do it. I can do it. We're going to do it. We're going to go through trials. We're going through tests. 
And we're going to say one day it is finished. On this earth, we're going to see that work finished. We're going to see souls saved, lives changed. People we're praying for is coming to God. We're going to see it. People are sacrificing. People are giving up things. People are fasting and praying. People are seeking the word of God. They're praying like never before. Let me tell you, we're going to be tried. We're going to be tested. We have an enemy. That's all right. We're going to make it. We might be lied on. We might be talked about. We might be laughed at, but it will be worth it. I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want to be mocked. I don't want to be made fun of. So what? If they made fun of Jesus, they're going to make fun of you. If they hated him, they're going to hate you. It'll be all right. We got to quit worrying about just being accepted everywhere. He wasn't accepted everywhere. I'm not talking about starting fights and and poking our chest out and being self-righteous. I'm talking about, listen, if they don't want to accept it, I can't help it. But I want to live for God. God's people are God's people, and you can't change that. Jesus didn't change who he was. We can't change who we are. We are living sacrifices, and we can do it too. I'm trying to hurry. In John 14 and 12, he he made the statement here. I think I gave that to you. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also. He's going to drink that cup. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. He let us know right there. You've seen me do this. It doesn't make us greater than him. He's talking about the things you've seen. You're going to even do greater things because of what's in you. We think that they saw the greatest revival. We think that they saw the best of it. Well, God ain't lost no power. His church ain't lost no authority. The name of Jesus still works. There's somebody still willing to seek and fast and pray and consecrate themselves to the work of God. Oh, they seem great, but greater is still coming. Greater never takes the back seat to great. And so I'm sure at one point Peter said, "Woo!" when we walked with him, we saw some great things. But you know what? Peter and them started seeing some greater things. But Peter's gone. Paul is gone. And Timothy is gone. But you know who's here? The saints of God in 2019. And we're going to do the same things, but greater things. There's going to be universities won in the name of Jesus. There's going to be people rising from the dead. There's going to be miracles, signs, and wonders. Because somebody has decided, I'll drink that cup. Except I'll drink it. Well, honey, if we're pushing the glass away, we're never going to see it. I'm telling you today, drink it up. Drink it up. Drink it up. It might be tough. It might be bitter. It might make you squirm. But let me tell you, it's going to produce a work, a miracle in your life. I know what time it is, but I'm going to finish. Drink, drink, drink. The Bible says don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Drink. Who is God reaching? 
Who is God saving? Who is God helping? Because of what you are going through by your faith in Him. Who is going to be saved because you were willing to drink your cup? Is it pleasant? No. But that doesn't erase the joy. The cross wasn't pleasant. The garden wasn't pleasant. The trial wasn't pleasant. Blindfolded him, punching him in the face, mocking him, prophesy, tell us who smote you, beating him with a rod, a cane upside the head, mashing that crown of thorns. Was none of it, none of it pleasant, not any of it, but it didn't erase the joy because it's in the scripture. He let us know, oh, I'm so sorry, Jesus, for what you went through, and I am. I'm so sorry. But you know, he, he could look back at us and say, well, don't worry, the joy was still coming. With blood running into my eyes and thorns piercing my forehead, I knew there was joy coming. When they was driving them nails through my hands and through my feet, I knew joy was coming. When they jarred me to my very core, when they set that cross down in the ground, I, I just knew that joy was coming. And when they were gambling for my garments and saying, oh, he trusted in God, but let's see if he'll save him now. And, and just wagged their head. He, oh, joy was still. It can't erase the joy. And I'm telling you today that joy is coming. But it will pass through that cup. It'll come through that. You can't believe it. You can't understand. How did I get better? How did it happen? How did it work? Woo, because it seems so awful. But you and I today rejoice with joy unspeakable. And Jesus, we think, oh, Jesus had joy. Sure he did. Angels rejoice at one sinner that repents. Heaven was rejoicing. But it wasn't just about that. He saw your joy. He saw how you smiled when you were filled with the Holy Ghost. He saw how you rejoiced when you felt the sins slide off your soul into that water when you come out of it. He, he saw the joy you had when you shouted and danced in the Spirit. He saw the joy you had when you prayed somebody else through. He saw the joy you had when you preached your message. He saw. He said, all these things are coming because I took this cup. Because there's no way any of that's happening except I drink. There's nobody else coming. There's nobody else going to fill my office. There's nobody else that can do it. They could want to. They could have good intentions. But it, it just won't happen except I drink it. Parents always wish that they could take the hurt or pain for their kids. We're always like, oh, if I could just take that pain hurt for you. I, I would, I would. And we do that why? because it's fun. No. Because we do it, we say that and we mean it because of love. We love our kids. We all, if I, I would take it for you, I would take it for you and, and, and joy that it would bring if they felt better. And that's the same way Jesus was thinking. I know that there is a curse on you that you can't erase. You can take soap and niter and wash and scrub, but on your best day, your iniquity is still in front of me. I still see it. There's something you can't wash off. You can't be good enough to make it go away. And I've got to do this so you don't end up in a place not designed for you. He saved us from a devil's hell. He saved us from an eternity of torment. He knew what was coming our way, but he said, 
Except I drink this cup, it won't happen. You're able. You tell your neighbor, say, you are able. I'm going I'm to finish up, honey, come on. If I hear the music, I'll speed up. <laughs> Romans 8 and 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril of sword? He's letting us know right here. You can get through it because these are all the things you'll find in that cup. As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, or powers, things present nor things to come, height, depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. You are able to drink that cup. They wouldn't be in, you know, uh, just in themselves when they said we are able. Jesus went ahead and told them, you're right. Whatever thing this mother was asking for, she's being a mom. Everybody wants their kids to do good. If I can sit them, know that they're going to sit on each side of him in glory, that'd be great. But he said, that's not, you, you don't know what you ask because that's not for me to give. So, but I'll tell you this, part of this conversation comes around to you can drink the cup and you will be, when I'm gone, be baptized with the baptism that I have been baptized with. And you'll do it. So Paul, remember in Acts 9, it said that the Lord said, I've got to show him what great things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. Paul makes a statement in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He said that after he was through drinking that cup. When it's all said and done, with the scars on his back, probably, he probably ached and had pains from all the beatings and whoopings and shipwrecks. And you know, They stoned him one time and left him for dead. He's still alive. But when he's finally telling Timothy at the end of it, I fought a good fight. I finished. Of course, I kept the faith in it. He's writing to a young man who was going to do great things because Paul poured into him. It wasn't just about Paul suffering. There was a Timothy coming. There's somebody coming in your life that whatever you're going through is going to make an impact on them. You need to know that. Last scripture, and you can stand with me, Psalm 116. Psalm 116. Verses 12 and 13. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. If you're trying to figure out what you can do for God, just take that cup. Well, God, I'll do anything else. Remember, that's kind of how verse 39 was when Jesus was praying, if it be possible. But then he realized in a moment of clarity there in the midst of that grief and his sweat like great drops of blood, except I drink it. If that's the only way that this cup can pass, your will be done.
I can't thank God enough for all His benefits toward me. So I'm just going to take the cup. For Larry, I'm just going to take that cup and drink it. Because he said, you shall indeed drink it. I've been baptized with His Spirit. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? And I don't stand here today, never have gone through anything. I've been through trials and tests. I've been through things that maybe you would have thought, well, that don't seem like much, but it was much to me. It was my cup. You're able. Whatever you're going through, you're able. Do not quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. You are able. You can drink that cup. Let's lift our hands and pray together right now. Lord, pass that cup on to me. You see what I'm facing. Lord, you see what I'm going through. But Lord, if the only way that this is going to pass, if the only way that things are going to be fulfilled is for me to drink it, then your will be done. Give us strength to do it, God. Give us boldness to do it, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to make it in Jesus' name. We're going to make it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, saints, you're going to make it. Hallelujah, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I know it's tough. I know it's awful. But you can do it. You can do it. You shall indeed drink it. Praise God. God's getting ready to do some things in this next service. Let God use you. Be sensitive. Listen to the Spirit. Pray. Worship during these services. Let's see God do some great things. Amen. Somebody might just get baptized in Jesus' name today. Somebody might just get filled with the Holy Ghost today. Somebody might just get healed today. Hallelujah. Let's let it happen in Jesus' name. God bless you.